Hagee, how are you today? Kelly, I am great. I am so excited. Have you watched any good shows lately? Nope. I have been watching some shows trying to get back into Stranger Things. Stranger Things. <laughs> Do you watch that show? I watched the first several episodes. I think I saw the whole first season, but I am not caught up. So please don't spoil anything for me. I won't. I won't. And I'm not done with the third season yet. But, and also I probably should stop watching it because it regularly gives me nightmares. Oh, that's good. So, yeah. Nightmares is what it's all about. Yes. Anyway, so they have, with Stranger Things, of course, there's always product promotion-y kinds of stuff. They relaunched, apparently, New Coke, which New Coke came out the year before I was born. And so I have no idea what it's like, but I figured you were alive in the world, so you might know about it. Yes. In fact, I have a... Post up here from somewhere. I don't even know where this site is, but New Coke, rebranded as Coke 2 in the 90s, so now you know how old Kelly is, was discontinued in 2002. So wait a minute. I was discontinued in 2002. I was alive then. You're 15. 2002. um, Sixteen. Uh, well, depending on the summer of uh, so in the summer of two thousand two, I would have. How was driver's ed going? Uh, driver's ed was going well, except my driver's ed teacher. When we would go over a railroad crossing, he would, if you didn't stop and look both ways, he would scream, turn and scream at you, choo choo. Ah, well, you know what? You never probably forgot to do that ever again. I never forgot to do that again and uh, scarred me a little bit. Did you cross a lot of train tracks during your driver's ed course? Uh, Yes, because the small, teeny little town that I am from only existed because the railroad went through it. There you go. Learn something new. Learn something new. Kelly, I know that we've talked in the past that you have deleted all of your social media apps, but... If you were to use social media apps, would you use them for advertising? Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I so briefly deleted them. It, it was kind of just one of those, oh, I've, oh, I've been back, baby. You've been back. Um, it was one of those kind of irrational moves of like, I'm done with this. I'm, I'm not going to be feeding into the machine anymore. Right. And then I realized that, you know, with, with my line of work that was a teeny bit irrational. Oh, embrace the addiction. Everybody's hooked. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. I would 100% use social media marketing. I think in the legal field, it's underutilized or not always done very well. But I've seen a lot of lawyers who are advertising on it and doing really cool things. So I think it's kind of, there's a big divide between how lawyers are using it. Well, hopefully, if you're a lawyer and you're listening today, you learn a new way because we have a true pro joining us. Welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing with your hosts, Key Sokolakis and Kelly Street, teaching you how to promote, market, and make fat stacks for your legal practice here on Legal Talk Network. 
Peggy Sakalakis. Kelly, what's going on? Well, I'm so happy to report to everyone that you are exceptionally energetic today. I'm feeling it. Yeah, and I think it's probably because our guest today has an awesome podcast called Social Media Marketing Happy Hour. So I'm guessing you already had a happy hour by yourself in your office, and that's why you're in such a good mood? Yes, it's 11 a.m. here in Chicago, and I figured <laughs> perfect time to start my day with a morning happy hour in celebration of our guest today. Yes. Well, before we get started with our guest today, I understand that you have something to share with our audience. Yes, I do. I would like to thank our new sponsor, Nexa, formerly known as Answer One, which is a leading virtual receptionist and answering service provider for law firms. Learn more by giving them a call at 800-267-9371 or online at nexa.com. Whew, reading phone numbers is always a challenge. Good yeah, job. Well, I don't know. We might need to redo that, but whatever. That's all right. We can do well, it after. Hey. We don't want to waste any more of our guests' time today. Yes. Thank you, sponsor Nexa. And now let's introduce our awesome guest, Tracy Reuter. I'm super excited. I met Tracy at a conference called Reach Live, which is all about um, learning how to do better speaking. So we'll try to do better speaking today, um, but really kind of crafting a platform. And uh, met Tracy and her brother, actually, who both work for her company, Divine Social. So welcome to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing, Tracy. I am so happy to be here. You guys are a blast and we haven't even gotten started yet. Yes, exactly. So um, why don't you introduce yourselves a little bit to our guests and kind of what should they know about you? Well, it's always fun to um, to get to share with uh, your listeners, but uh, my name is Tracy Reuter. Like you mentioned, I'm the CEO and founder of Divine Social. We're an Instagram and Facebook advertising agency. Essentially, we focus on social traffic and, and we specialize in customer journey and customer experience and sales psychology. Prior to all of this, I, I used to run a division of AT&T right there in Guy's backyard. I, I worked on 227 West Monroe Guy for about... Uh, a decade. So I, I have a very deep sales B2B background. And then my degree is in marketing and um, live in the suburbs of Denver. And yeah, like you, you mentioned, Kelly, my, my younger brother works for the company and um, we just have a ball serving amazing companies with incredible entrepreneurs behind them. And uh, it's just been a lot of fun. So, and I also actually, um, I authored three chapters in the best-selling book on Facebook advertising called The Ultimate Guide to Facebook Ads. Um, it's the third edition and I wrote three chapters in that book. So I've been doing Facebook ads for a while now, started doing digital marketing before Facebook was even a thing. So I will most likely age myself multiple times on this this show today. So Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know about the book. That's so cool. What yeah. a what a huge accomplishment. Yeah, thanks. It was it was a fun project to be a part of. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy, our audience of lawyer, mostly lawyers and legal marketing professionals always comes to us in our feedback and says things like you know, I'm a little bit skeptical about the internet for client development, or I don't really know what I should be doing on Facebook, or are my clients really on Instagram? How do you respond to some of the, I guess, skeptics out there uh, and get them more, uh, one, comfortable with just the idea of social media in general, especially for client development? Uh, and two, kind of how do you validate the, uh, the impact that social media can have uh, for professional services, people and specifically lawyers. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, uh, that's a great question. And I get it. I actually get it all the time and, and it doesn't matter what your background is, what you do professionally. There's a lot of people that share that geese. So, um, first of all, the world is on Facebook and on Instagram. Yes. Um, I think that's the, the first thing, you know, we, we work with, um, clients that are, um, B2C and B2B client services. We work with, um, New York times bestselling authors. We work with, you know, we work with a, a plethora of different businesses. And I can tell you that if you're, you know, if your ideal client is a CEO of a company, that CEO is still a person and odds are that they're on one of those two platforms or they're on Twitter, they're, they're on a social platform. So that, that's the first thing I would say. The second thing that I would say that I think is probably even more important is you cannot judge the uh, social behaviors. You cannot judge the, uh, you know, people's um, behaviors when it comes to using social media on your own behaviors. If you're somebody that never uses Facebook, you might think, well, I don't use Facebook, so no one else does. And that's actually a really ignorant standpoint to have. And, and I say that with love and a, and a little bit of tough love because it's just it's just not true. There are tons and tons of people on there. And I think there's a specific approach. We actually worked with a law firm a couple of years ago. Um, so I've got some experience in this space. It's not really our it's not really our focus these days, but I definitely have some thoughts because there's some things that are working today when it comes to social media that apply to every business, every shape, size every color, everything. So there's ways to do it that work and there's ways to do it that doesn't work. And I think the problem is, Guy, is too many people have tried it the wrong way and they get a bad taste in their mouths and they develop this idea that it's not a good use of their time. And that's not really the, the case. Right. Totally. No, I think that's a it's really a useful way to kind of open this conversation. And I'll uh, direct folks, uh, you have a post on uh, divinesocial.com on uh, know, like, trust, and remember I think there's some really nice themes there that we talk about all the time. And, you know, the truth is, is that a lot of the ways that we uh, engage with people and make decisions about whether it's hiring a lawyer or buying a product or whatever it is, are still based on those traditional notions of no like, and trust. But now that conversation and those interactions is happening on the web. Yeah, it really, it really is. And, and I'm glad you brought that up because that's actually the, the whole concept of no like and trust comes from um, a, a book called Endless Referrals. The author's name is Bob Berg. It's a great, great book. Um, but one thing that I took a long time ago from that book that he talks about a little bit, but he doesn't bring it home. Um, and the, 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 the phrase is, is all things being equal, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. And that's super important, especially when it comes to, you know, hiring an attorney, right? That's a, that's a big deal. Um, I have a, a cousin who's an attorney and I can promise you, I know him, I like him and I trust him. And so he's, you know, you're going to go there first, right? But the, the fourth component is this component of remembering. And that's where digital comes into play. Um, in the past, you know, it's really funny. My, um, my husband is disabled. And so, you know, every day he sits down and has lunch and he turns on the TV and it's bombarded with law firm commercials and he can recite them. He can tell you this guy, you know, got that person, you know, $200,000 because they're, they're bombarding people midday with these commercials. Well, that's in a sense what they're trying to accomplish is the remember piece. So if you think about it this way, I like to use the analogy of, um, you know, plumbing, right? It's the middle of the night, uh, your plumbing breaks and you have, you start, you know, your toilet breaks, it starts flooding everywhere. You're, it's a massive crisis mode and you, you need someone right now. Now you might know somebody that has been a plumber for years. You know, maybe you go to church with them, you know, you know them, you like them, they trust them. 
but they don't mention what they do. It never comes up in conversation, but another guy or another gal has been sending you direct mailers. They've been in your Facebook newsfeed. Um, they've, you know, sent you postcards. They've, they've been in front of you during that emergency. If let's say you have a magnet on their fridge and I know a magnet is not digital, but just, you know, bear with me for the, the example in that emergency, who are you going to call? the person that you know, but it's not front of mind, or are you going to call the person that has been in front of you on a regular basis, building up their credibility in an emergency case, it's always going to be the person typically that you remember. So that's why no like, and trust is incredibly important, but without the remembering piece, because if you think about it, the average adult is bombarded with over 400 marketing messages a day. So how do you stand out in that? You have to find a way to stand out in that. Yeah. Okay. That's one of the questions I wanted to ask you as someone who uh, does this every day is how are, especially, you know, considering our audience of lawyers and law firms, how do you make a message and an offer that stands out above the rest? And, and some of the things we've seen, just to kind of let you know, some of the things we've seen that are working for lawyers are, you know, starting a funnel of go onto our webinar, learn about the you know, issues that we can help you with that sort of thing. But what are some other options that you can think of or just how to how to craft that message and think about your audience and, and what might stand out for them? So that's, that's awesome. The, that whole webinar process is really, really effective. And I'm glad to hear that that is working in, you know, for, for lawyers these days, because I think there's a, a lot of value in that. Where we come into play and what I, I look at is I actually look at even before then. Um, if you look at the customer journey and, and you can Google it, um, Google has different, um, you know, there's different ways to define what that customer journey is, but there's people that, you know, don't know about you, um, people who are just finding out about you and are now aware of you, they're, they're giving consideration to what it is that you do. And then finally, the ultimate is they're, you know, uh, they're brand advocates, they're loyal, they're telling other people about you. So there's, there's different points on the customer journey. And when it comes to crafting your marketing, uh, there's, there's a wonderful book. It's really old. It's, um, it's called Breakthrough Advertising. And um, in that book, it talks about the different levels of awareness and how your messaging has to match the different levels of awareness. So kind of take that into, into play, right? So if you think about people are all at different stages in their journey, you know, their life and what they may or may not need, the webinar process is awesome. Like come on this webinar, learn about these issues. That's fantastic. But how do you even get someone to that point? How do you even get them to even get on the webinar? And what we see is working really, really well. And this is, again, this is business agnostic. It doesn't matter what it is that you do, but it's providing value. It's content marketing. And whether that content marketing is with paid ads or with organic reach, um, YouTube videos, it doesn't matter. Content marketing is, it used to be king and it's still king. And this is so, so important to be able to have a strategy have a plan. And Kelly, like, you know, we talk about how, do you, how are you going to stand out, right, with all these messaging. But if you have a plan to be able to provide and educate, maybe it's inform, it's educating, it's demonstrating, it's showing your ideal target market something that they didn't know before and starting to build up a level of credibility in their minds that it makes it so much easier when it comes time to making the ask and making the offer. And so we do a ton of work in this space where we're helping our clients craft uh, really valuable content that is congruent with where they're ultimately trying to move their prospects on the customer journey. And by doing that, it actually shortens the sales cycle and it can decrease the cost per webinar lead, the cost per uh, client acquisition, all of those kinds of things. So content is, is everything. 
Yeah. And are you thinking that these messages can be sent out organically or are are these the kinds of things that you're doing as paid to get that interaction and get the promotion? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes to both. I mean, this is something that, um, you know, the thing about organic social, um, organic social right now is one of those things that it's a necessary evil. So you you want to make sure that you have a you want to make sure that you have a presence. So, you know, the days there used to be a time where you could post, you know, two or three times a day, you could game the algorithm, you could get in front of people. But the truth is, is that most business pages are not going to get the kind of reach that they could have gotten, you know, a year ago, two years ago and, and beyond. But you still have to be there because if you think about it, what people do when they're making the decision to, especially when it comes to hiring an attorney, they're going to want to see what your digital footprint is. Like, what are people saying about you on the internet? Like, what are, what are you putting out on the internet. And so um, at, at the very minimum, you can use this content strategy to be, you know, creating some type of regular cadence of putting out social posts. Um, I think if you only post to ask and you never post to give, people are going to see that and, and they sense that and it's, it's naturally repelling. So you can use it for organic social. You can actually use it in your email. That's something we do. Um, every week uh, we publish a brand new YouTube video. It, there, there's really no selling whatsoever. And that YouTube video goes out to our email list. So it goes on all of our social channels. So you can have like a, an organic strategy where you're sharing valuable content. And then if you've got a piece that really, really resonates and it's really leading towards where you want to take your prospect, then that is the best time to put some paid amplification behind it because then you can control with a paid ad who's seeing that. So it's getting, maybe it's the right geography, it's the right demographic, it's the right interest base. And you can't do that with organic. You can only really do that with paid. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we've seen the, a very similar thing with the, uh, "Quote unquote reach apocalypse," uh, you know. Face, Facebook's <laughs> yeah. a publicly traded company; they've got shareholders too, um, and so they've really dialed back the organic reach. And so, uh, yes, I think your tips there about amplifying through paid are really, really valuable. And and that's a that takes me to another thing too, which I know uh, I think you mentioned at the uh, outset, and I, uh, on your site you talk about this as well, is this idea of trying to do some kind of meaningful attribution to your social ad dollars or, or even your organic posts. And so I uh, talk to the audience. So let's say I'm a lawyer. Um, maybe I'm a criminal defense lawyer and I'm buying in, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I get my audiences online. So one, you know, what kind of value can I start to think about? Or maybe some just quick brainstorms, but really importantly, once we have that, how do you best try to do attribution? Are you doing, are you running, you know, for example, are you doing like Facebook lead generation campaigns or is this more engagement clicks back to the site or all of the above or none of the above? Yeah, I suppose it, it really is going to depend, Guy, on you know where you are in the process. And so typically the way we would start it, we develop some methodology that I call the three pillars to successful social ads. And I, we break it out into three sections, right? So three pillars, obviously. So the first one is audience building. It's it's always it's always building that 
ecosystem of people who know you. They may not like you or trust you yet, but they know you. So, so that's one piece. The second piece is the is what we call the engagement piece. And this is all, everything we're talking about right now with content. It's going to fall into the engagement. And then the third component is what most people go to paid traffic for, which is the conversion piece or lead generation or webinar registrations or consultations, whatever the case might be. So those we, we kind of break it out into those, those three things. And if you're, let's say you're a a defense attorney, you know, personal injury attorney or something like that. What I would be doing is I would be, you know, that's, that's kind of a difficult thing, right? In fact, the, the client we had, that's what they did. And so one thing that we recommend is, is how can you like, what if you had, if you were sitting across from me, uh, maybe it, we were at a chamber of commerce event or it's local rotary or, you know, you're, you're meeting people in the community. What do they not know about personal injury or what did they not know about your specialty that they should know that if they did know they would be better equipped to make a decision when they needed to because a lot of times those those examples are you know you don't hire a lawyer um, for something like that unless something happens right so so how could you educate people and that's kind of the the brainstorming around what type of content should you be amplifying up front and then what that allows you to do if you're using specifically if we're using paid traffic for that well, it's, I guess it would be the same if you used organic. You're just not going to get the same kind of reach, right? The reach, reach pop. What did you, how did you call it? The reach apocalypse. Reach, reach apocalypse. Okay. <laughs> I read that in that. a headline somewhere at some point. So it stuck with me. That's good. So, you know, you're not going to get the same reach on organic, but let's say that you're, you're driving people to a blog post on your site. Well, what paid traffic or even, even with uh, the organic traffic, what it allows you to do is then create an audience of people that hit that site. And now that tells you, oh gosh, like they're only going to click through to this if they're actually interested in the topic. And now what you're doing is you're building up an audience of people who are highly likely to be interested in the next piece of information you want to provide them. And that could be a webinar invitation. That could be like a, a straight up invitation to, you know, call for uh, a consultation. It could be a variety of things, but that's really, if you start by providing content first and then retarget to people who are highly likely to be interested, you're going to see much better results using social than if you went straight for um, the ultimate ask, because how do you know that, you know, 90% of those people are even remotely qualified for what it is you want them to hire you for? Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, so speaking of that and speaking of building your audience, before you have that that first thing, I think that's another one of the big challenges that people have is how to know who to target your ads to. Because if you, like for us, we can, you know, as, as a digital marketing agency that focuses on lawyers that Guy and I are part of, we can focus on organizations that the lawyers we're trying to target are part of. But when you flip that and it's a personal injury attorney looking for someone and to build an audience for their paid social media, how, what kinds of things do, you know, triggers or things should they look for besides just the typical, you know, age range of person they're trying to serve, that sort of thing? Yeah. So, I mean, that definitely can be tricky and an audience targeting is, uh, can be a really great part of using social ads. It's also not the end all and be all. So that's, that's important to kind of put it out there. So it's a little contradictory, but it's just, it's just how it is sometimes. But I, a lot of it's going to go back to what is the demographic? What is the psychographic of your ideal clients? Um, if you know that you serve a community, then that's where I would be starting. Like I'd be starting with a, with a geographic area, be looking at how can you build your 
your credibility, your authority, your thought leadership in that community. And it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, just some of the old school ways, right? Like I mentioned earlier with my husband seeing the commercials every single day. So it's not just, you know, it's not just bombarding people with commercials. It's not just putting, um, you know, putting your face on a, on a bus bench. Um, how can you demonstrate as a, you know, if you're serving, let's say you are serving a local community, what kinds of information can you be sharing with people in the local community to give you an excuse to get in front of them? That's relevant and valuable to what it is that you do. So that's, that's one way that you could be looking at it. So it's not just age, but it might be if there is a a specific space. Um, If you focus on like, I don't know, maybe you represent athletes. Um, now that's a little bit different. You can, you can back out to the whole country possibly, um, or maybe whatever States you are, are licensed to practice in. And then you can look at, you know, based on interest, what people are doing. So it's going to be that, that answer, Kelly is going to really depend upon what that firm's specialty is. And then you start to, to think through like, all right, how, if I could, if I could sit, right. If you think back to where we met, right. At reach live, if I could sit in a room or if I could be on stage in front of a room of my ideal people, what would they have in common? Like, what would they look like? What would matter to all of them that is similar? And that's how you start to look for people in Facebook to get your valuable content-driven messaging in front of. Does that, yeah. does that hit what you're looking for? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really smart, different way to look at it because I think so many people do get trapped in the, well, you know, what kind of groups is my potential client a part of, or what kinds of interests do they have? And you can start out a little bit broader than that and then end up narrowing down your audience from there. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes we, we over engineer our targeting in the beginning where we're trying to get so, so specific when in reality you want to, what you want to do what I call be broadly specific. So as broad as possible with some similarities, and especially if you're using this strategy where they are engagement strategy, where you're amplifying, maybe it's a video, maybe it's a blog post, but it's some kind of, you know, valuable content that you're educating potential clients with. Um, Then you can really dial in and go after them once they've consumed it because they've raised their hand effectively by saying, wow, this interests me. Um, Maybe they watched 50% of a video or 75% of a video, or they clicked through to a blog post because Facebook and Instagram allow you to create audiences of people based upon the behaviors. If you're, you've got your account set up properly. And so that, that itself going a little bit broad at the start really gives you a lot more opportunity to get more narrowly focused. Once you start building out those audiences. Awesome. I love it. We're going to take a quick commercial break and hear from one of our sponsors. And when we come back, I want to dive into what you were talking about, Tracy, of building out your account properly. If you're missing calls, appointments, and potential clients, it's time to work with Nexa Professional. More than just an answering service, Nexa's virtual receptionists are available 24-7 to schedule appointments, qualify leads, respond to emails, integrate with your firm software, and much more. Nexa ensures your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call at 800-267-9371 or visit them at nexa.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. And we are back talking with Tracy Reuter about social media marketing. So let's get back to, you said you just, I want to pick on what you said about, or not pick on, I want to go further into what you said about setting up your account properly. Cause that's, um, that's interesting. I'm, I'm thinking, I know what you're talking about, but I want to make sure that is that something to do with the Facebook pixel and 
some stuff there? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things to setting up your account properly. And, and number one, and this is like basic 101, but it's worth repeating or it's worth mentioning. Make sure that you are using a business page. Like that is, that is really important because sometimes um, people I've seen, um, I've seen attorneys do this. I've seen other types of, uh, you know, professionals use their personal page. And you want to make sure that you're using a business page because that even though you are throttled in terms of your reach, that is definitely um, not amazing. But there's so many other benefits that you'll have if you're using a business page. So first and foremost, make sure you are promoting your services through a business page. So let's get that out of the way. So assuming that you're doing that, then what you want to make sure that you are doing is um, you are utilizing the Facebook pixel. And the Facebook pixel is just a piece of code that goes on your website and you can get extremely advanced with it, or you can just be really basic. And by having that pixel on everything, on all of your web properties, if you're doing webinars, making sure that that's installed on um, your webinar software, if you're using something like um, ClickFunnels or lead pages or whatever it is that you're using, making sure that at the very, very minimum, you have the Facebook pixel on there because that allows you to create remarketing audiences to be able to target people. And, you know, if you, if you followed, uh, what was it about a little over a year ago with the whole GDPR thing in Europe? We don't have those laws in the U.S., but you could put, you know, you can put something on um, on your pages that basically say that you have a tracking cookie on there. People are pretty accustomed to that by now. Just having that set up, Kelly, really then gives you the foundation to be able to start building out these retargeting audiences so that you can get tailored messaging in front of the right people, because that's, that really is the magic is when you can get the right message in front of the right person at the right time, that's when social media marketing, whether it's organic or paid, that's when it's magical. And that's where you take, you know, Giza a question to start off. Like, what about people that think it's a waste of time or they don't think their, their potential clients are on there? You'll shut that down really fast when you get it right. People are like, you know, people suddenly become believers and they start, you know, they start uh, preaching social media when they see it work. Right. Once you can connect it back to, you know, open case files and new clients and your CRM and you're saying, oh, this is from directly from this social campaign. It's really easy to connect those dots. So I, that's great. I think that's really valuable yeah. for people to hear. It is. And, you know, and then we didn't, I didn't, you mentioned it earlier, Guy, but I didn't answer your question. But when you start to talk about like, you know, after the whole idea of content, when you dial it in and you, you start retargeting with really specific offers, you can use things like Facebook lead ads, which are, you know, very, very different where you're actually getting the name and the phone number. Um, there's tremendous software that you can use that, um, you know, you can use specific phone numbers so that they can call in. Um, even, especially if you're local, there is... Now, I haven't done it in a while, so it may have changed because Facebook changes, it seems like, every 20 minutes. Right. But I know there, there used to be something where you could run a local ad and it had a button where it says, you know, call now. And you can actually have them call directly into your office and you can, you know, connect that to a specific a specific phone number so you can see where that lead came from. So those are all things that I'm sure, you know, your listeners use things like that outside of social. But you can incorporate that into social. So it's, it's really, really helpful. Yeah, really, I like that. And, you know, I think it plays nicely in this uh and I'll, again, just recommend that people go check out at divinesocial.com the, this three pillars worksheet. And I like how you frame it for folks in these in these three different uh, well pillars, for lack of a, a different <laughs> word. Um, because I do think that, that, that sometimes that third pillar of um, the conversion aspect is the part that um, people struggle with. Uh, and so I, I really appreciate that. And which brings me to another question about just content creation in general is talking about gear. So you have 
like just looking at some of your stuff and I'll, uh, we'll make sure we have this in the show notes so that people can see uh, the content you're putting out on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn and, and YouTube. Uh, so I'm, let's say I'm a lawyer and I'm like, all right, I'm into it. Can I do this on my phone? Do I need to get a camera? Do I need to create my own studio? What do you usually tell folks there that, that uh, whether they're clients of yours or other colleagues that are trying to get in the content creation game, what do they need? Yeah, that's a great question. Because sometimes I know when we are a um, when we're a service professional, sometimes we think we have to, you know, we have to have our T's crossed and our I's dotted and we have to make sure everything is perfect. And there is a time and a place for really well-produced content. This show is a great example, right? It's really well-produced. There are other times where people become suspicious of that or they tune it out because if you look at the if you look at um, the news feeds, most people are not putting up professional photo shoots. Most people are not putting up highly produced studio videos in their feed and you want to be native to the platforms you're on. So if you follow me, they're going to see sometimes where you, know, you can tell that obviously the pictures are a photo shoot and other times they're not. And some things are going to be, you know, the video quality is going to be amazing. And sometimes it's not. I, I was out one day shooting a bunch of content and it like I shot for an hour and it was amazing content and my camera was not focused. And I was so frustrated, but I made the decision and some people might disagree with me, but I made the decision that I was going to put it out there anyway, because I tell my clients, like, just put the content out there. They're more interested in what you have to say than was your production perfect. And so there are some cases that of course, like if I'm going to run an ad, I'm never going to use a blurry video. But for what there's a couple videos in my YouTube channel that they're blurry. Uh, the background's amazing. <laughs> I'm in. I'm overlooking this incredible valley here in Colorado, and I was like, well, we're just going to use this as a case study. We'll see what happens to it. So, so as far as gear, I you can literally create this content with an iPhone. Um, the quality is so so good these days, or a, you know, an Android, whatever the case, you know, Samsung, whatever you're using, you can create great videos on the fly, especially if you want to embrace what I'm talking about with this engagement, this value driven engagement content. You could be that attorney in your niche that is putting out a tip of the day or, you know, you're putting out, um, you know, whether it is that you're using um, Instagram live or Facebook live and you're getting on for 10 or 15 minutes every day and you're answering questions to people in your community. I promise you, if you do something like that with a, with an iPhone and I understand there's like, you know, when it comes to legal things, there's only, there's, there's clearly limitations. You can't necessarily give legal advice, but I hope you get the spirit of what I'm saying. Like you could get on every day and do a frequently asked question or handle different things that are not crossing any lines for what you do, but you could do that with a cell phone. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I, I think one of the things that I, I like that you set up those different contexts where, you know, hey, this, you might really want to uh, have something professionally produced and maybe even work with a producer on. But I, I think that reduce the friction, right? So like the, yes. the less that you're worried about production quality and the costs and lighting and all this stuff, it's going to make you more inclined to actually put something out there. And I, so many times that seems like the major obstacle where people are just like, uh, I'm so overwhelmed by doing all of this. And so take your iPhone and just start shooting something tips. Uh, you know, as, as you're going through your day, like what are the questions that people are asking you? I think that's really good advice for folks. Yeah, anything you can do to lower the friction. I mean, we've even gone so far as to test running the webinar, running a client's webinar straight in the newsfeed, meaning no opt-in, no nothing, because we can create audiences of people who watched a certain percent of the video. So we've tested like anything we can do to lower the barrier to relationship. Uh, so so sometimes you have to be willing to kind of break some rules or to, to try to do things in a slightly different way than what everybody else is doing to see if you can 
provide that value. I'll give you an example. There's a, a guy recently that reached out to me. Um, you know, we all get bombarded with pitches. You know, I do anyway, right? I get bombarded on LinkedIn. I get bombarded everywhere. And this guy reached out to me to help me with my YouTube SEO. I know it's the thing I need to improve upon. I just don't have the bandwidth, right? So he reaches out to me with an email and it's super customized. There's a picture of him. He takes a selfie and in the background is my YouTube channel. And I was like, oh, okay, this guy is serious. And so I, I basically said, sure, shoot me your video. Shoot me your, your value-driven video to give me tips of how I can improve my YouTube. And I'm thinking, you know, what, how great is it going to be? Well, it was so good. Like, it was so good that I turned it over to my staff and said, start doing this. So he gave me this insane value for free. Didn't charge me a, a nickel. But here's what's happened in a super short period of time. Because he provided me with so much value that was actually, like, really good and results are coming from it guess who's thinking about hiring him now? Right. (laughs) Right? Yeah, exactly. And so think about that as an attorney or whatever it is, how can you outvalue your competition? How can you, how can you provide so much value through your content that people are compelled to want to hire you like that? I think that's where you set yourself up and and use social in a way that no one else is doing. People are not doing it that way. I I promise you. Yep, exactly. That's, and and what a great way to stand out too. It's huge. I will say about the posting things without them being perfect. I definitely, I have trouble with that myself. And so I get it when, um, when our audience pushes back and they're like, oh, but I have to have all this equipment. I will say the one piece of equipment for less than $10 on Amazon that will make your videos on your cell phone look just that much better is a selfie light. Oh yeah. Good, good lighting. (laughs) I would, I would agree. Good lighting is, you know, if I look at my gear now, I definitely have more than I used to have. I do have a really good DSLR camera, but that's the same camera that sometimes shows up blurry because apparently it's user error on my part. (laughs) Um, but you know, good mic, good sound, good lighting. Like those things are really, really helpful, but you don't even have to spend, like you said, like Kelly said, you can get a um, a selfie light for 10 bucks. You can get a diva ring um, to put in front of your, your desk for I think 80 bucks. I mean, it's really, really inexpensive and you don't have to have a whole lot to do this. So, but I think the, the key is, is get started, get started, start developing your reputation. And then as you start to see some traction, start making some investments in gear, but don't wait to have all the gear before you take action. Cause I promise you someone else is taking action while you're waiting to get ready. Right. And then, and you know, all the gear in the world, if you're not using it properly, isn't going to help you. And so, you know, the other thing that I think is useful for folks is, is that it's more important to know some basic concepts about sound and lighting than it is even to have this fancy gear. And we like to uh, direct folks over to wistia.com. They have a whole thing about like thinking about lighting as you're shooting and thinking about sound. Cause so many times even with the best gear in the world, if you've got your setting, you know, we even when we're doing the, the pre-launch for the show, you know, we all have this professional gear, but if we, if the settings are wrong, if it's configured incorrectly, it doesn't help you at all. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And we don't spend the entire hour or we don't record the entire podcast until we have those things tuned in and defined. And so that's one of the one of the other mistakes I have made in videos is recording a whole video being like, oh, this is so great. And then realizing that I didn't check the settings for my microphone. And so it was picking up, uh, you know, my computer mic instead of the actual lavalier mic that I had on. Right. It's so, it's so maddening, you know, but it, it is, um, if you, if, if I think all of this, it's, it's really com- comes back to being thoughtful about how you're going to market your services. Cause a lot of times what I see is people put a lot of energy into the creation of the offer. They'll build out, you know, they want to have this great presence on their website. And then it's like, 
you've got a lot to do, right? You're trying to run a practice. You're trying to you know, run a business. Hopefully you have a personal life. And marketing sometimes gets, um, it kind of gets the leftovers and it gets done, you know, halfway. And um, it, it's not necessarily something that is going to then represent you as well as you want. And then, and then on the flip side, you get so hung up on everything being perfect that you never actually take action. So I think if you, you have a strategy and you have a plan and you, I, I want to bring it back to the whole customer journey and understand that not everybody is ready to buy right now. I know I've got several videos on our YouTube channel that talk about like the whole concept of when do people buy? When are they ready to sign up with you? When are they ready to hire you? And then what do you do from the time that they've met you or they've heard of you until their time that they're ready? And how do you nurture them? And so having a plan and a strategy for all of those things will help uh, free up some of the mental clutter that I think marketing can create for people that are trying to do a whole bunch of other things. Yes. Okay. This perfectly ties into kind of the last question that I really had in mind to talk to you about. And that is ClickFunnels because they did a whole presentation at the conference where we met and I've known of them. I know other companies that use them, but I noticed from the first time I went to your website and then a month or so later that there was a big change. And so um, I wanted to ask you about using ClickFunnels and kind of just because you're talking about the customer journey, how that's that's one of their main things is taking people through your customer journey and your funnel. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you talk to me about how you use ClickFunnels or more about that? Yeah. So a lot of our clients use ClickFunnels. I, I think it's a, you know, whether you use ClickFunnels or something else, having a sales funnel and having a process, I think it's really, really important. And you probably, um, Kelly came when we were, <laughs> this is, this is a great example of what you were just talking about, like not waiting till everything is perfect. Um, our agency grew organically. It grew fast and it was like, okay, slap up a website. And then I went one day and I was like, this is horrible. Like I should, somebody <laughs> should take my marketing license away. Like this is so bad. So, you know, we had to make some adjustments and some changes. And so, you know, we took some time. Um, I think it was after we met Kelly where I sat down and kind of pulled myself out of the day-to-day operations of the agency and really thought through like, okay, how can we serve? more people because not everyone is going to be ready to hire a done-for-you agency. Not everybody um, could afford to hire a done-for-you agency, but there's a way we can serve um, a greater number of of businesses. And so that's when I started using ClickFunnels and thinking through what are the different levels, some easy ways that we can help serve people. So, um, you know, I know Guy mentioned our three pillars. I have a free mini course. And if you go to uh, divinesocial.com, forward slash lunch hour legal. It's specifically for your audience. And you can, you can download my free mini class. I've got some worksheets. And so that, and and as a matter of fact, that it'll be a click funnels page when you go there. And then um, if you, if you get that mini class, you'll get offered to get on an early bird notification of a masterclass that I'm going to be doing where we go deeper into the psychology and the strategy of these three pillars and how do you execute them. And so I use that three pillar, not three pillar approach, but the click funnels with the customer journey, because some people, you might have a listener right now that hears me and is like, oh my gosh, she's amazing. We need her. We're going to hire her firm right away. Um, and then probably 99.999% of the people aren't going to feel that way. And so how can I benefit them? And so that's what I use with the ClickFunnels approach is I use the option to give you the free mini course, or maybe you want to take my masterclass when it comes live. So it's a really nice way to be able to have multiple offerings and their software is phenomenal. You know, we, we work with that and we work with some other things as well, but really, really understanding what, how can you ascend people from, I want to dip my toe in, 
to, I really, I, I think I want to, you know, work with you a little bit more to I'm all in and I want to hire you right now. And I think that can work in any business, in any service industry. I, I think it's a great, a great platform. Excellent. And now for the most important question of the day, bum, bum, bum. which is, and I'll actually ask you slightly differently than I usually do just because, well, you'll understand when I actually ask the question. Let's say that you were in Chicago. Where would you be going to have lunch today? Ooh, if I was in Chicago, where would I be going to have lunch today? Probably True Food Kitchen. Love right? True Food Kitchen. It, yeah, probably True Food Kitchen. Um, I uh, I love Chicago. Actually, all right, let me be honest. If I was going to lunch today, if I didn't have the food allergies and the health issues I have today, if I was going to go to lunch today, I'd be going to Lumalnati's. I'd be having a deep dish sausage, mushroom, and garlic pizza with an antipasto salad and a uh, iced tea lemonade. There you go. That's what I would have Both today. Both ends of the spectrum. True foods <laughs> yeah, to lose. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, and then the second yep. part, uh, part B of this question, where would you have lunch where you are now? Um, where are you now? Where would I have lunch? I am in, I'm outside of Denver. Outside of Denver. I lived for, uh, the, your listeners probably don't know because I think we were talking about it offline, but I did live in Chicago for 20 years. I worked downtown and love, love, love that city. And about six years ago, we sold it all and moved across the country and said life's too short and moved to a different lifestyle. <laughs> so um, awesome. we're just outside of Denver. And if I were to eat lunch somewhere today, um, honestly, probably on my back patio, um, I absolutely it's just, we, we live in a beautiful, beautiful place. But if I had to choose outside of that, I'd go back to New England where I'm from and I'd sit on York Beach Harbor and I'd have, uh, actually, I'd sit at Nubble Light in Maine and I would have a lobster roll from Gaskin's Barbecue and I would sit on the rocks and eat that because that was my last meal the last time I was in New England and I want it so bad. Oh, I'm getting on a plane right now. <laughs> I'm that sounds so, so good. hungry. <laughs> it's amazing. Gaskin, I, I mean, this is a little barbecue joint that has the best lobster rolls. They're just amazing. So anyway, yeah, food. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie who has food restrictions. It's really, really difficult. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, um, it's all good. So beyond where we could find you eating lunch or wishing <laughs> to eat lunch, um, where we've talked already a bit about your website and that sort of thing, but where can people find you, follow you, reach out to you? Yeah. So if you just Google my name, Tracy Reuter, I have that on every single platform. Um, I do, like I mentioned, I put out a YouTube video every single week, uh, really working hard to make sure that the, the value is there. I, I don't focus on hacks. I don't focus on that stuff. I really focus on strategy because I really believe that strategy always trumps, you know, tactics. So, you know, the, you'll be able to get that from me every single week. If you go to divinesocial.com forward slash lunch hour legal, all of my little social links are there. So you'll be able to connect with me. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn, uh, pretty active on Instagram, and then YouTube is a big focus of ours. So you can you can find me pretty much anywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And of course, thank you to all of our listeners for hanging in here to the end. And if you already aren't subscribed, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to Lunch Hour Legal Marketing. If you'd like more information about what you heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Follow Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. 
The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Oh gosh, what am I? My brain just collapsed. Gee, my brain just collapsed. Well, have to fortunately, again, it collapses all the time. So I'm very familiar <laughs> with this situation. I just Tracy, got distracted by looking so, at the participants. Okay, <laughs> close your eyes. If you're a lawyer running a solo or small firm, and you're looking for other lawyers to talk through issues you're currently facing in your practice. Join the Unbillable Hours Community Roundtable, a free virtual event on the third Thursday of every month. Lawyers from all over the country come together and meet with me, lawyer and law firm management consultant Christopher T. Anderson, to discuss best practices on topics such as marketing, client acquisition, hiring and firing, and time management. The conversation is free to join, but requires a simple reservation. The link to RSVP can be found on the unbillable hour page at LegalTalkNetwork.com. We'll see you there.